This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. It's a special show today with a very special guest, Marion Peake. Now, you know, it's Voice of Change and we're always about making the change in this world, in our community, in our society. But oftentimes for me, it's also about making a change in your heart, in your life, stirring up your passion for life, stirring up the fact that you can have hope today and that you can be assured that God is for you and he's not against you, even when things don't make sense and when life gets tough. And today, like I said, here on Voice of Change, I am welcoming Marion Peak, and Marion is actually a cancer warrior, which we're going to talk about today. She's also a mom to 27 kids. Yes, that's right. And she's a wife. She's the CEO of HTIN NPO, which I'm going to unpack for you a little bit later on. She's also an entrepreneur and a motivational speaker, and she's very, very passionate about helping abuse, abandoned victims of rape, gender-based violence, as well as children. And she has won so many incredible awards. She's an eight-time award winner. She's also been a Mrs. South Africa semi-finalist, the Supreme Queen Global Earth Woman of Excellence last year, Mrs. Eastern Cape finalist, Top 50 Most Memorable Woman Award in Africa 2023 that she picked up this year, the Influential Woman of the Year Award, the Emerge Africa Award winner, Most Inspirational Woman in Africa last year, Business Woman Awards, and I can go on and on. She's just an incredible woman, but more than that, she is someone that has such a heart of bravery and the things that she is currently facing in her life today, she's going to be sharing with us just so openly and vulnerably. So I welcome you as our listener and you as our companion today that's traveling alongside myself and Marion to come and settle in with us to go on this journey together with us today so that you can be a companion. You're not just someone that's sitting there listening to us sharing a story today. You are the companion on our journey that we're going to go through over the next hour with Marion as we talk about cancer, hormones, children, rescuing abandoned children, as we talk about the beauty pageant world, beauty standards, what does it mean to be a real woman and what does it mean to be a woman when you've had a double mastectomy, when you're standing in front of yourself and going, what does it mean to have body positivity even? So all of that we're going to be talking about today here on Voice of Change. It's going to be so great. So stay tuned to Cape Pulpit and Marion is going to be joining me after you enjoy some music. And so while this music break is playing, if you happen to have electricity or you got your flask full, go and grab that cup of coffee, cup, cup of tea, get that ginger cookie ready because you want to be here for the next hour and you're not going to want to move. So stay tuned and see you after the song. I'm really looking forward to the conversation that I'm going to be having today with Marion. And she is just such an incredible woman as I've introduced her to you, you know, right at the beginning of the show. She's just so incredible and also just a woman who is passionately living on purpose and just making a difference in the world, in society, in her community, in the nation, for South Africa as well, and on you know, big levels, small levels, everywhere in between. And it's such a blessing to have her on the show today. So Marianne, so good to see you again <laughs> and to be spending some time with you. I hope that you're doing super well today and welcome to the show. I'm always blessed. I can't complain in yourself. Well, I don't think complaining is going to help, but I think I'm doing okay today. <laughs> 
surviving all no, the surviving like every other South African with our load shedding peril. But otherwise we continue. Yeah. And I know you don't get load shedding out on the farm. Super, super blessed. That's yeah. a huge blessing. Seriously. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Mm. Now, you know, you've had such an incredible journey, which we're going to be touching on because today is really about your story and sharing your heart passion as well. So we're going to be talking about making a difference in society. And But firstly, I would love for us to start off with your journey, your story. I saw such a powerful picture of you at the Influential Woman of the Year Awards, you know, just took place, I think, just what, like a month or five weeks ago. Yeah, yeah it was long. No, it was not too long. It it does feel longer though, doesn't it? Like it was yeah, last it does, year. It does. It flies. <laughs> I saw such a beautiful picture of you. It was a powerful one that was actually in the magazine that they released. And it was after you had, you know, been on a journey with breast cancer. And I don't want to give away, you know, like yeah. the, the end of the story, but tell us <laughs> a bit about that. What happened? When did you find out that, you know, you had breast cancer, you have you know, children, you're married, you have a yeah. life that is filled with purpose. Tell us a bit about that journey, finding out oh, and brilliant. then just day to day what was happening. Yeah. So it's been five years. Um this year's the fifth year. So about five, five and a half, I mean four and a half years ago. Um it, I still remember it so clearly. I had just given birth, my baby had um turned a year and a half um, and um, I had this lump in my breast and I thought you know with having a, a baby you it's, it's nothing serious it's just like a milk dud or a lump in my breast at the moment and um, I thought you know let me just go and check it out we have a whole lot of breast cancer in our family and uh, my mom went with me um, I'm a total mommy's girl and um, mm. yeah we just went to the clinic and um they, they actually said it was about four four centimeters by three centimeters, uh, a solid lump. And um, I still didn't think it was serious, you know. And um, they sent me to the hospital, to the oncology section. It was breast clinic. And um, they did a biopsy immediately. And um, I had a two-week waiting period. You know, in that two weeks waiting, you know, you never you – never, expect to get uh to get bad news you know i was aged 33 and to have breast cancer they say it's normally the age 40 and upwards so i was quite enthusiastic you know it's not going to be me you know i'm not going to be that one of us one of sister sticks and um mm-hmm. you know you go in with full faith and um when i went in um, on the 14th of uh, may 2018 I went into the room with my mom once again for my results you know and sitting there there was four doctors in a room still not thinking it's major and they they sort of read you these results and you obviously do the the doctor terminology and everything else and um, they, they mentioned the big c word you know when you receive that word cancer you've got cancer immediately your 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 brain alters to the word of death you know yeah. um, and I'm sitting there I'm thinking oh my word am I like am I gonna die Hmm. And um, you sort of have an out-of-body experience, um, like, was this news just given to you? Is this real, you know? Um, can it really be happening to me? Why to me? You know, you have, you're overwhelmed with so much thoughts, emotions. Yeah. Um, I, I can't explain that moment, you know, each each moment for every single person out there is probably different. But I think we all share that surreal moment, you know, when when, when you actually think to yourself, is this real? Is it fake? Is it 
is it really happening to me, you know? And and walking out of there after they don't just tell you, tell told me that I have cancer. I had a a one in five type of cancer. Um, wow. I was a lucky one, I guess, one of those ones. <laughs> I always mm. say that. Um, I was diagnosed with triple positive receptor invasive breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So that cancer means it's in your hormones. So obviously we are females. We have a whole lot of hormones. We're yeah. very hormonal. <laughs> so um, I didn't just have the the cancer in my breast. I actually had it in my um, all three of our hormones. You know the estrogen, the yeah. testosterone, postogen, mm. and you can't remove those. Yeah. You know we would love to. We would love to remove all our hormones. I think yeah. it would be more sane <laughs> but as a woman we can't <laughs> yeah so you know every single month as a woman you you obviously ovulate you you get your hormones your hormones go up every single month um and that is when my cancer grows the most it, it doesn't just um as a normal cell double mm-hmm. mine triples in growth so that was quite scary um and because it's invasive so you get closed cancer you get open cancer that's the terminology that i use it's actually not the not the correct yeah. medical terms. But if I always explain, you know, I explain it as a as a solid lump, which is a closed cancer. So you can cut off the, well, you can either remove the lump and you sort of fine. Mm-hmm. Um, or you have invasive cancer, which is the open cancer. So if you open your hand, you have your fingers and your fingers are stretched out. Mm-hmm. And that is basically how the cancer grows. So it just stretches uh-huh. out in your whole body like nodes, like just it goes all over. And that is unfortunately the cancer that I have. And um, they didn't just say I had that cancer. They went further, you know. It was so intense because I had two weeks. They said in two weeks' time, they've now obviously booked me for surgery. Mm-hmm. And um, they said I'm having a double mastectomy, which is both my breast And wow. because I have invasive cancer um having implants is just going to cause um uh infections so Mm. it's it's sort of no use and you get different types of mastectomies as well so you get a simple mastectomy you get a total mastectomy Mm -hmm. so i yeah so a total uh, mastectomy is cut to your bone that is what i have so i have yeah, so I don't have skin on my on my chest. They've mm-hmm. cut it all away. Then you get a simple mastectomy, which is the one that you can obviously do the implants afterwards as well. Mm. So yeah, so it was quite a reality check. You know, in that time you you sort of think of all the people you need to apologize to before you die. You mm. think about your kids, you do think about your policies, you know, your mind sort of just goes into extreme overdrive if I can say that and um yeah it's, it's a lot of anxiety yeah. I don't think there's, there's any anxiety greater than that the the depression you go into I mean my daughter just turned two years old five days before my surgery and I was in a state mm-hmm. I was I was quite a mess my other daughter was just five years old you know, I'm married and um, I'm not go, no longer going to be having breasts. I am a married woman. Yeah. You know, it is just, it's it's a whole lot of emotions, a mm. whole lot of emotions. But that was more or less my, my surgery, my cancer results um, in a nutshell. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm so grateful that you shared this with us as well, because I did not know about, you know, the diff- different kinds. I knew about different kinds yeah. of breast cancer, but not as you explained it also being in your hormones as well. 
And I was speaking to someone yeah. yesterday about hormones, just like you said, you know, as oh, women, wow. things can happen, you know, like you're feeding yeah. down or, you know, things are not going well. You go for a hormonal check and you find that actually it's a hormonal thing. We are so deeply, yes. you know, kind of live our daily life. We don't understand it. I don't think yeah. we even think about it, but we're living we hormonally don't. almost every, sing- every day. That's how it is. Yeah. And yeah. so now do you, have you had to take some kind of medication to balance your hormones or do you have to keep a check on that? Is it now an ongoing thing? Do yeah. you feel different? Because hormones play such a big role. Massive role, you know, and I didn't understand that until I actually um, started my tamoxifen. So tamoxifen is a um, hormone suppressant. So it basically slows down the hormone growth and cancer growth in your body. Mm-hmm. So imagine you having your your normal monthly um, cycle every single month. Your hormones escalate. Yeah. <laughs> we, we get very hormonal. We eat a lot. Um, <laughs> all our hormones goes on a on a high. And this tablet is suppressing that hormones. So I, in my physical body, am rising in hormones. And this tablet is suppressing my hormones. So I don't know if I'm hot or cold. (laughs) I feel so sorry for my husband because one day I am... Sweet as a pea in the next moment, you know, you you just you've lost all your marbles. And that is basically how 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 it is, you know, and the the survival rate on marriages for, for cancer, it is it's it's almost next to nothing wow. because couples can't control it. It is it's it's so intense, you know, and I so I'm yeah. so grateful for my husband. Um, he's got a lot of patience, too much patience. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, you emotionally you are just all over the place, I have moments where I just, you know, I have a crying session and I don't even know why I'm crying. Mm. Um, I have moments where I just increase my my intake of food. Um, yeah, it just it 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 controls your whole life, mm. and you constantly gotta remind yourself that it's not you. It is it's medically. Um, I always say every single morning when I wake up, and um, you obviously got to take a shower, you know. So every single morning when I wake up, up, I'm reminded that I don't have breasts. I don't have, I have cancer. So yeah. every single day I got to do a mental check and put myself in a mood where I know I'm going to survive for the day. And not just me, but everybody that I come in contact with, yeah. <laughs> because someone can just say something and, you know, I lash out. So, so it's not just the cancer, it's not just the body. It is, it's a mental state. So cancer goes quite deep, quite deep, yeah. but yeah. Absolutely. And I'm I'm really grateful that you're sharing this with us today as well and being so open and being so honest because a lot of people speak about their yeah. cancer journey, but they don't go into the deep of what you're talking about. And when, yeah. when it comes to hormones, I can so relate to you because I went into a premenopausal state when I was 28 years old. Oh. My body does naturally wow. not produce estrogen. So can you imagine what my husband was oh. living with? I hope he's not listening into our interview today. <laughs> We're just giving a shout oh, out. I think, you, I think you need to have an interview with my husband. <laughs> yeah, the two of them. You know, shout out to the the, the patient men out there yes. because living with, you know, those hormonal imbalances, it is very intense. Yeah. And then obviously if you have to take hormonal treatment like what I had have to do and live with you know in the beginning oh that first year you know you are just a mess so and and it's such a big deal and uh, you know hormones and no one speaks about it 
Exactly, exactly. And maybe there's some woman listening to us even as we're chatting now and going, well, actually, I can so relate. I can so relate, but I've never been to the doctor or I've never spoken to anybody that I'm actually just always feeling yeah. out of it and out of sorts. And yeah, the simplest things you you just fly off the handle and you just go, wow, why did I do that? You know, or yeah. It's yeah. so intense. And so actually, if you're relating to myself and Marion today, maybe maybe give it some extra thought, you know, because hormones play such a big yeah, role. Have it checked. Have it checked. Have it definitely have it checked. Marion, you mentioned something that I wanted to touch on. It's so important because it is something that, you know, breast cancer warriors do talk about, but not often yeah. deep enough. And that is having that mastectomy. Like you said, being a married woman. Yeah. Living without breasts, obviously not being able to have the reconstructive surgery. Has that been something that you've had to journey through almost? It must be, it's very difficult because as a woman, you know, we have certain parts of our body that make us uniquely a woman. It's, you know, part of your sort of physiological makeup. It's how God created us, put us together. Has that been quite a journey for you? Intense journey. Um, when it start, when I started off, um, it was sort of okay. Um, I, I had this beautiful set of boobs that I could choose my size every single day. It was absolutely awesome. Mm. Um, but then I entered the the beauty pageant world, you know, and that is where I, I personally had a breakdown. I would say, um, you know, when when you do the photo shoots, you constantly got to remind yourself you don't have breasts you got to pull up your top high you can't wear a boob tube you can't just dress in front of everybody the eyes you know going to the gym even mm-hmm. you know and um, after gym you go into the sauna and I would always be huddled in a corner and um, I had to and I still do that I still do that often and uh, I got to remind myself you know I got to love my body I got to love what I see because if I don't how can I be an advocate for it um, but it's still it's it's still a daily thing with like with the hormones you you wake up in a different mood every single day. Mm. Um, but yeah, personally, for f- changing in the bedroom, that was was quite hectic. Um, you sort of feel less, you feel inadequate, you feel as if your husband's better off just being with a full woman. Mm. Um, do you regard yourself as a full woman? Um, I I can share so much about wow. this, you know, and um, I'll probably break down into tears. Because yeah. it's been it's been a lot to to grasp. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would probably say breast doesn't define you, and that's what I always say. But um, at the end of the day, when you are a woman and you walk into any shop and you buy a t-shirt, the mm-hmm. t-shirt, the dress, everything is designed for a woman with breasts. Yeah. So w- if I'm wearing a t-shirt and I have no no uh, breast on or no bra on you sort of have a flat chest you know and um mm. well I've given birth to two, two girls so my tummy is not exactly flat so I obviously <laughs> look pregnant and you know it's it's wow. and that's just the eyes you sort of feel eyes logging onto it and um it's, it's which is not always the case not a lot of yeah. people actually notice but mm-hmm. you notice and it can break your whole spirit it can break your whole um your femininity, if I can say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the biggest, the biggest uh, call for me was to enter the beauty pageant world and um, definitely having a husband. And um, now in July, um, they've discovered obviously with uh, the hormonal side of cancer, mm-hmm. um, it spreads to other sides, and um, it's obviously now spreading to my cervix. And I'm having a hysterectomy now in July. 
So, um, yeah, I always joke about it, but it's quite sensitive for me. And I think I enlighten it by always joking about it. You know, I've, I've lost my breast and now I'm losing the other part of me. So what, what can I say after that? Am I still a woman? Mm. Um, am I still whole? It's yeah. It's been it's been a mental journey for the last uh, few months. Even uh, attending the awards, um, just receiving that award. Even you know, the award was for influential women making a difference. And yeah, mm-hmm. I am feeling inside as if I'm breaking. You know, mm. it's yeah. It's it's a mental journey. I can I can say that for sure. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, you know, Marion, I think we're going to take a quick song break because I, I am listening to so much of what you say, and I almost feel like I wish we were together, you know, right now, like across the yeah. space, because it's it's so deep everything that that you've been sharing, and maybe there's someone listening yeah. that in some small way connects or is maybe going through something similar, is maybe yes. standing ahead of their operation that they need for cancer happening soon or or supporting someone else who is going through that journey and I think we can touch on that as well when we come back but we're going to go to a quick music break don't go anywhere you as the listener because Marion is still with me after this and we're going to be chatting more about not only her journey but the 27 children that she has don't go anywhere it's Voice of Change with myself, Lauren Jacobs, and I know that you've been with me from the beginning. Well, I hope that you have been. If you're just tuning in or if you're tuning through those radio stations or you're flipping onto something that you're wanting to listen to, well, this is where you want to be because Marion and I have been talking about you know, her journey with cancer, what's standing before her, and then also the beauty pageant world. Marion, you mentioned the beauty pageant world. What led you? Now, this goes into your purpose and the work that you are doing today. Yep. You know, I mentioned before we went to the sun yeah. break about having all these children. <laughs> you, you have <laughs> loads many, of many children. You have loads <laughs> of children. And uh, part of you entering yeah. that beauty pageant world was to be able to make a difference, wasn't it? And to be able to yeah. do more in the space. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so about a year ago, a year and a half ago, I weighed 108 kgs because of tamoxifen, because I was very hormonal. Mm. And um, I felt as if I was drowning, I was as if I was losing myself. And I decided that I'm going to make a life change for myself uh, to be healthy. And um, I want to achieve something um, aside from having the 27 children of which I will get into and mm. um everything else I wanted to do a bigger impact in the world and um, I had seen an advert on Facebook for entries for Mrs. South Africa Mm. and I thought to myself you know at 108 kgs I'm not going to achieve winning a title or making a difference or impact I wanted to be um, healthier I wanted to be as slim as possible and um, I'll touch on that on that a little bit later about mm-hmm. the beauty pageant stigma and the, mm. you know, the the stigma about being beautiful and perfect and everything else. But um, I set a goal for myself that before the entries had closed for Mr. South Africa, I aimed to lose 40 kgs mm. and uh, be as toned as healthy as possible. And that is how I started my journey. And I actually lost 42 kgs within a year. And um, I entered Mr. South Africa and I was a semi-finalist. And it was the most empowering journey for myself, a journey of self-discovery. 
I also used the platform um, to advocate for, for cancer. So entering a beauty pageant, uh, you obviously have to be all women. You have to be um, this perfect body. This, mm. this is what the beauty standards are of the world and which 99% of us women, we, we surpass that. <laughs> we way past that standard. Yeah. Um, we are all, all women. We are all full figures. You know, we have we have our stretch marks. We've lived life. <laughs> We've yeah. lived it. And um, I wanted to set an example that yeah, I am with scars, with no breast on my whole chest. And um, the world basically just describes me as not being a, a complete woman, not being the normal beauty standard of society. And I wanted to break that stigma, not just for myself, but for every other woman out there that feels so self-conscious about themselves, that feels so inadequate about their, their bodies. You know, we have a lot of teens that are starving themselves. We have a lot mm. of um, grown women that always looks down on themselves. They're not the perfect um, size. They they always condemn themselves. And I just wanted to break that so badly. Mm. And um, when I entered... That is exactly what I did. Over and above that, I also wanted to use the platform to bring awareness to child abuse, to rape victims, to gender-based violence. Of That is which my organization, uh, which I started with alongside my husband seven years ago. We uh, birthed the organization Helping Those in Need. And we basically go out to feeding schemes. So we have about roughly about eight feeding schemes that we support. Um, mm -hmm. In total, that's about 2,200 to 2,500 wow. kids every single day wow. that needs a meal. And um, I needed funds. I needed funds. I needed awareness. I needed um, eyes to be focused on what I'm doing. And um, that is exactly what, what happened, you know. And uh, within the communities of, of the feeding schemes, we have kids that come with these bowls. And um, there's sometimes not even bowls. It's a It's a... You know, it's a, a margarine tub. It is a mm -hmm. Coke bottle cut in half. And some of them come with no shoes. They come with no underwear. Some come um, with beating marks on them. Wow. Some come and they report they've been touched or this is happening at home, you know. And so we partnered with social services. And um, that's basically how we, we started our safe house. And that is mm -hmm. how we got all the kids in our home. So currently, I am a mom of 27, mm -hmm. two biological and 25 extra. Um, it is 99% girls. Okay. Um, we specialize mostly in um, rape victims, abandonment, um, abuse, and so forth. And we just basically give back these girls their dignity, their innocence. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, how much more for a mom of 27 with all these kids that is so broken, so rejected, um, to go up on stage um, mm. to advocate, you know, what is beauty? Yeah. Do you need um, to be the perfect figure? Do you need the perfect education? Do you need this? Do you need that to succeed in life? And that is basically what I wanted to do for my kids. And um, I have enjoyed the journey tremendously. Mm. Um, it's been it's been up and been downhill, but yeah, um, yeah just bringing awareness to the kids and um, yeah, it's opened up many, many, many doors. Mm. Sure, that's so incredible. And so we're about in, because I know that you are in Eastern Cape. So is your organization yeah. based in the Eastern Cape? Is that where it is? Uh, that's a bit far. I think it's a little bit far from where I am, but I think it's not well, too far. 14 hours away from you, <laughs> my car. Yeah, so we're based in Eastern Cape in East London. We live mm -hmm. out um, a little bit out of East London on our outskirts on a 
farm. We're obviously a place of safety, so um, the location is unknown yeah. because we have yeah. a lot of court cases and it's obviously victims as well. Um, but yeah, we do have a website where they can go on and mm-hmm. uh, view what all we do. And also then obviously make a donation. Please do click on that link. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the, the house that we are in is actually our residential home. So we have six bedrooms and we have about six beds in each room. So we have tri-bunks. So it's not double bunks. It's tri-bunks. So it's three beds. Mm, okay. um, yeah. So in each room, there's six kids and we've got about six rooms. So that is what we do. And then we obviously take from newborn up until 18. And we also take gender-based violence ladies in. And wow. we um, yeah, get them jobs, get them their careers, um, get them counseling. Most of the kids are counseling at the moment. Schools also started. Homeschooling is starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is more or less what we do um, yeah, here in East London. Mm. What you're doing is so incredible, Marin. You, you and your husband, as well as obviously your your girls, are probably involved as well now. It's it's so incredible because we know gender based violence, rape, abuse of children is rife in South Africa, yeah. and I think that people don't realize it enough. You know, no we hear one, no one speaks about that. Yeah, no one and. You know, you've walked a journey with a lot of these children and you will continue to walk a journey. And so you get to witness the reality that, you know, sometimes we just see as statistics, you get to witness the reality. But I'm sure it's also when you see healing come and when you see children given a safe space, I'm sure there's there's so much reward in that as well. And just that sense of, wow, I'm making a difference and lives are being changed. Yeah, my best moment, if I can elaborate on that, you know, when a child comes in, um, they obviously come in with a social worker or the police or or mm. a guardian. And the, the kid's first entry, um, the child is so timid, the child is so scared mm. because it's a stranger, you know, you're going to be living in someone else's home, you know. Um, and that child enters and the child takes a few days, few weeks, sometimes months, just depends on the child and just to settle in, get into routine. And uh, we don't have our home as a center. We don't have it as a children's home. We have it as a family home. Hmm. You know, when you in your family home, you know, you put your feet on a couch, you go and open up the fridge 50 times just to see if anything has <laughs> changed. You know, and that is the concept yeah. that we wanted to give the kids. We wanted to give them back their, their total innocence, their dignity, and also just stability in a family environment where there's just mom and dad and it's just siblings. It's not a center, you know. And when the kids mm. enter, um, you know, they call you auntie at first. They call you uh, ma'am or, or whatever they, they call you. And over the few days or weeks or months, you see that child transform, you know. And when that child actually utters the words mom for the first time you know you've that's that's the moment when you know Hmm. you have made a difference you know that that moment for me it it gets me every single Mm -hmm. time but yeah well sure um I was thinking while you were talking it's it's so important for children to be in that home environment to be and with a loving mother and father and I love the way that you guys are doing that because as children, that's what we need. You know, even growing up, I yeah. know, know a lady who adopted a, a child. <laughs> I can call her a child, yeah. but she was 20 <laughs> at the time. This young girl was 20 at the time. And her mom 
that adopted her was 40. So she never had her own children, but she met this beautiful uh, young girl and they just had this mother daughter connection, you know, and she was 20 years old when, you know, her, her daughter was 20 when she adopted her and, yeah. Being part of that family, you're never too old because she was an orphan from when she was young. And she, she, you know, people oh. don't realize that when you are an orphan, eventually you're going to age out of the system and you're going to be 18 yes. years old and you're going to be on your own. Yes. Who, Who's there yeah. to, to love you, care for you, look out for you, give you sound advice. And be, sense of belonging, you know, we, exactly. as, we as adults, we, we need to belong. We need to find out yes. our roots. And um, yeah, when you don't have that, you sort of can't identify with any with anything or anyone. And that's, that is the society that we live in. And that is how people become lost. Yeah. They, they have their own thoughts. They have their own ways of making ends meet. Um, yeah, if society could just give more stability, more a sense of belonging. And um, yeah, I so wish I could go into every children's home and just, yeah, educate every single child or caregiver about that, you know, sense of belonging is so, so important. Mm. I love that you mentioned that. And I would love for you to share that website link, the name of the website with us so that anyone who is interested can go on over, check out what you're doing and even connect with you. Like you said, to learn more, maybe someone listening to us wants to know how to instill that sense of belonging to children that maybe they look after, or maybe they even in a school or a teacher that sees children have problems, but doesn't know how to reach out to them. How can people do that? You know, what's the website? How can people connect with you as well? Brilliant. So they can find me on uh, www.helpingthoseinneed. That is um, on our website. We are big on Facebook, um, Helping Those in Need. They can just type it in, Helping Those in Need NPO. They can also search my um, personal Facebook, which is Marion Victoria Speak. I also have a a page called my life's journal that is where I share a lot about my cancer journey and what I'm going through and my experiences and a lot of people actually inbox me there um, I'm also big on on Instagram it is also Mary Victoria speak they can also DM me there um, yeah I'm sort of all over on social media <laughs> um, and more than more than open to um, inboxes DMs and WhatsApp I live on WhatsApp and um, yeah I just want to share with um, as many people as I can because I do believe it has a ripple effect on on the next person you know just sharing with one person has another ripple effect on another person and so forth so um, yeah Mm -hmm. just the more people I can network with um, yeah that's that's living out my my destiny. Exactly. I love the way you said I'm all over on social media. I had to have a laugh there because you really are so beautifully active on social media. And that's how you and I connected yeah. way before I even met you in person. And it's Yes, it's, and you saw me in my white in my white suit. <laughs> I, I recognized you. I was like, Yes, I've seen that picture, girl. <laughs> I've seen it. That and is so good. That's so it's good. amazing that right. You just see someone uh, on on social media and then suddenly they are in front of you like a couple of months later and you're like wait a minute I recognize then that uh, that lady it's just it's so phenomenal there's actually a significance of that suit yeah um I don't know if you can remember it it had faces on it yes um yes and I had actually bought that and um I walked into my interview for my pageant and that was just a symbol for me that all my kids was with me on me like embedded in my clothing so yeah that was quite special 
Mm, I love that. It's such a beautiful suit as well. It just has just this uh, this element Symbolic. that it's just almost yeah. This it's it's a depth. It carries a depth. There's something about it. You know, it's not just oh, it's so yeah. beautiful. It's just it has that meaning, and I I love that as well. And Marion, before we end off, I'm just really so grateful to have had you with me today and to be sharing Thank you for more. the opportunity. It's such a pleasure to be hearing your journey, and and I encourage individuals who are maybe going through something similar to like you said get in touch with you send you a dm you're active on social media and people maybe who are journeying through breast cancer as well or standing in front of their journey right now you know i really encourage you to get in touch with marion and marion before we go i'm not going to let you go today until i say a prayer for you today because i know you have your operation coming up in july and i know your kids hear about you and your family is important and so i think today i'd love to just uh, say a prayer for you before i let you go thank you thank you father i just thank you so much for marion i thank you so much for her husband her so for her children for this family father thank you for what you're going to do with them and through them in the days years and months that lie ahead and i thank you specifically today for marion i thank you for her heart for her passion father i thank you for her openness and her vulnerability in showing up today with so much bravery and courage father to share her story and her journey with us abba father i pray that even right now she'll feel your love your comfort your joy your peace your goodness washing over her father i pray for a fresh word for her life that she can hold on to so fervently throughout this next year and father we pray that you will lead and guide her in every single thing that stands ahead of her father i also just pray in july father as she is going to have another operation for this hysterectomy father we pray that you will be with her we pray for such a smooth operation we pray that you will lead and guide the hands of the surgeons And then Marion's going to wake up, Father, feeling something has happened that is going to be good, Father, that you will turn all things to the good, Father, for those who love you and who are called according to your purpose, Father. And I thank you that your word is true over her life, Father. Every word that has been spoken that is good over her life, Father, will still come to pass and will still come to fruition. And it is yes and amen in you. And I thank you that all the words that have been spoken over her, prophecies that have been spoken over her that are yet to happen father that they will happen that they will take place in your perfect time and there's still so many years ahead for her and her family and especially for her to do incredibly great and awesome things father in the years that lie ahead even bigger things than what she is doing now and we thank you for her life and i pray father for your deep impartation your heart your spirit for her today and we thank you for her in the mighty name of jesus we pray amen and amen Thank you for that blessed prayer. It's a pleasure. Marian, thank you for being here today. Thank you for being you. And may you be super blessed as you go on about your day today. And, you know, the next couple of days, may your week just be so blessed. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for this honor. God bless you. Thank you and take care. I was thinking of and I was reminded of the words of Max Lucado from a book that I was reading of his and I know that most of you probably know Max Lucado and his incredible books and his incredible amount of work that he has written but there was one quote from a book that he had written about different characters in the Bible and how they were used by God and one of the things he wrote in this book was he said don't worry about having the right words to pray worry more about having the right heart because it's not about eloquence that God seeks it's just about honesty and sometimes when we're going through hard things in life or hardships or trials or 
big moments in our lives. It can seem overwhelming to find the right words. How do we pray? How do we pray, God, if we are anxious? How do we pray if we are worried? How do we pray if we are ill? How do we pray if we can't speak? You know, when you get sick and sometimes you lose your voice or you're just standing in these moments of despair, discouragement or before things that you don't know if they will come to pass in your life because maybe you struggling with your health or you're struggling with uncertainty. And I want you to know today that it's not about having the right words to pray or we, we don't have to get down on ourselves or beat ourselves up, but it is about having the right heart. And sometimes it's about the silence that you sit in with God and that you lean into to find his presence and his perfect peace. And he doesn't want to be someone that's far off. He wants to be someone that's near. And so today, if you are experiencing challenges in whatever form that may look like, it may look like illness, but it may look like divorce. It might look like financial problems, or maybe it's just a sense of that life is changing and you don't know if you have a purpose anymore or you don't have direction. Maybe your children are moving out of home or your loved ones are moving overseas and you're in just a space you've never found yourself in before. I pray that God's grace and peace and love will draw near to you today, that you'll have the strength to look up and that you will feel that love. God knows that we don't always have the strength to do the things that we want to do, but in that he is with us because he is love. And that is what mercy and grace is. It's just it's just showered on us. We don't do anything for it. We don't have to say anything for it. It's showered on us. So my prayer today is that you would feel God's perfect, overwhelming love. Even if you don't have maybe a specific need today, I pray that you will know that you are incredibly loved because that is the feast that we all need to eat from. And I pray that God's mercy, grace, and that unmerited favor, that you will just receive it for yourself without having to do anything for it. And just know that you are so greatly loved by the King of Kings today and the the Savior who totally loves us and who is in love with us. And so I pray that you have been so blessed on Voice of Change today. It has been an incredible time. My heart is overflowing and I feel incredibly blessed. So enjoy the rest of the evening here, right here with us at K-Pulpit. And until next week, I'll see you then. Take care and God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.